You ready to record, Neil? I am ready. Good. Because I hate record. Good. I'll do it again. Can we hit? Can we do it again? I have to hit stop record, then re Don't do it again. I think we're good. Okay, we're good. All right. I'm going to do this thing. All right, episode 63, Strength Hammer Podcast. Uh, Neil, how you doing? Doing great. No complaints whatsoever. Not complaining. Ready to get into this. You're not going to complain about the storms that are surrounding yeah. your yes. your villa. Yes. Apologies if anybody hears some background noise. It is uh, currently the skies are opening here, and uh, it's possibly the end of days. But I'm safely in my basement, ready to ride it out. I've left my family upstairs, uh, and we'll just see how they manage. Well, you got all the beer <laughs> and the miniatures downstairs, I assume. Right. So I got everything that's important down here. So uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'm also in my basement, not because it's storming, but that, that's just where I live to do Warhammer every day. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed the GHB. I hope everyone enjoyed the kind of late release of my travel vlog from Tacoma, which I edited the audio poorly on a few sections, but I don't really care, so I hit post. <laughs> Surprisingly... Uh, the intro is like 20 seconds of a Taylor Swift song on my radio as I'm driving. Like it's, a, it's a, a song that was on the radio when I was leaving, so I recorded it for Instagram because I don't care. Mm -hmm. Apparently YouTube doesn't either. I, I, nice. I, I uploaded it with it. I was like, I'll wait for it to say copyright strike and I'll remove it. No big deal. And it's just like, hey, you're good to go. I'm like, okay. Huh? I'll, I'll, I'll take the Taylor Swift song. Just, uh, just another bl blessing from Taylor, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm going to try and... Make our heads a little bigger on this. This little uh, layout here. There we go. Now people can see us, hopefully. Oh. Sorry, everybody. We're, we're learning as we go. Making it look pretty. So, Neil, how's your, uh, how's your fitness been? Uh, it's been on hold. So, last week had a really good update. This week I've got no updates based on... Uh, being uh, out and injured, but legs starting to feel better, so we'll get back to it soon. That's good. That's good. Mine continues. Um, I'm getting four workouts in a week lately. It seems, which isn't bad. Like it's three, my three main and like a fourth random one that just someone wants to work out, and it's like, yeah, sure, let's go work arms or something fun. And nice. It's, it's been good. Uh, my commitment, by the way, for the limiting sweets and only doing having more days without sweets than with sweets, I have failed. Because on the fourth day, and of course, you know, like, it's hard to give up sugar. Uh, so the first three days in a row was, bam, I had my, my treats. I'm like, okay, I'll just white knuckle it for four days. Uh, then we had my mom's birthday party that I forgot mm -hmm. about there being cake there. So I had some cake. <laughs> uh, sugar's like, uh, I believe uh, it's one molecule away from cocaine. You know, it's uh, well, actually more addictive than cocaine as well. Sure so. is, sure is. But uh, I failed the commitment. But with the effort to try towards it, I have looked at my tracking of food and I have had less sweets overall. So a little silver lining in it. Uh, so I'll keep mm -hmm. trying towards that goal. Uh, but yeah, I'm not too upset because like I said less sweets overall is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So hobby time. Neil, you keep sending pictures and, and I don't keep giving pictures. So let's... Uh, Let's bring up your picture first. Let's start with your hobby. All right. Yeah, so uh, this is a little uh, sneak peek, if it's up on the screen there, for sure. uh, what I'm bringing to NashCon. It's my display board and all that. Um, 
So you can see all the, the boats arrayed inside the forest. Again, the army's from Gairan, so thus the forest theme and the uh, and all that. So we got the bubble boys and everything. I finished painting up my last few bubble boys. I got a, got a kind of a, I guess you could say, uh, thrown together engine master in place of the guy who was going to throw around a purple sun. But mm. I discovered if you have a spell in a bottle, maybe news to you here, Chuck, if you have that, you cannot take the... Uh, the null something adornments, whatever they are. The uh, oh, does it does the spell in a bottle make you a wizard? Any anything anybody who can cast a spell. So any any spells that can be cast in your army nullify your ability to take those things. Is that actually casting a spell though? I think it counts. So I believe hmm. that um, yeah, you can't can't have that in there, and also uh, the adornments. So I Theo and me makes me want to. Uh... Look at those yeah, check that on me. You know, I'm not yeah. exactly a rules lawyer. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it. You wanna, gonna might we want you want to run against the across the tos there? As we're well, gonna, we're gonna, we're, no, no, we're gonna do it right now. We're gonna do it right now. That. We're gonna load this up live, mm-hmm. free content. Uh, order. Where does where's the spell in the bottle on the uh, ko? Is it a uh, uh, artifacts? Artifacts. What's what's it called? Some bad at the spell in the bottle. Spell in the bottle. There it is. Aether Chemist only. That's I've been playing with Aether Chemist in my list, so I haven't even seen it yet. Pick right. one endless spell that does not belong to your faction. You can include that endless spell in your army without spending any points. Blah blah. blah. Without spending points, that's good. Oh, I didn't realize there was no points. I I wonder if that's been fact though. So I would. I'm, I'm using the most updated version of the app. So. Hmm. In addition, once we're bounding your face, the bear can automatically cast. So yes, you're casting. You're right. Okay. Done. Yep. Done, done, done. That's, That's why fine. you come here for the, uh, you know, that uh, that really in-depth rules analysis that I bring to this podcast on a, on a weekly basis. Did, did the app tell you you were wrong and that's why you just went with it? It did not, actually. Okay. What <laughs> in fact, I was listening to Aethercast and they had mentioned that. And it was just like, oh, well, I was not aware of that. I definitely would have cheated. Yeah, so. yeah. That's right. No, it's a, it's a, that's a good question because it doesn't feel like it would be a cast, but the rule says is cast, so therefore you're casting. Therefore, no, no, null, null stone, null powder, all that fun stuff that I love doesn't yep. exist. But anyway, it's a lovely fleet. Try to get a few images up there. Yeah, my so, fleet. Uh, yep, sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh uh, my! Uh, so I'll be playing some uh, some sheets. Sea shanties will be played out of there as well. So a little hole to slide my phone in there, and uh, we'll be playing some drunken sailor for this army <laughs> when it comes to display time. So there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I was that your only hobby? I guess should we say that uh, that and painting up those guys. Uh, my other hobby is I've been uh, printing out some terrain for uh, for Big M for his display board uh, poorly. I've had some my first misprints in quite some time. Uh, this is uh, show the people's what I'm working at here, you know. So big old block of resin here because I didn't know um, that you have to hollow this stuff out. So this thing weighs <laughs> a good, oh, I'd say maybe uh, maybe pound, pound and a half. There you go. Pretty thick. There you go. So <laughs> yeah, pretty cool looking, but uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it might just be a ruin at this point. <laughs> A, a rune rune dwarf bar. Yep. So any games getting in or anything like that? 
Uh, yeah, I got two games in actually against John DeCoulos. Um, we played uh, both of my lists that I have built up for NashCon. I got two wins. So he brought uh, Sylvaneth, and uh, we, we played some things wrong. We figured out afterwards. He yeah. was using an Incarnate, and um, we didn't know that Incarnates could actually capture objectives after they go wild. So it's still um, on your army list. Yeah, still on your army list, and it's still under his control, technically. So yeah. Um, so anyway, that might have helped a little bit, but at that point, the only thing he had left in his army was the Incarnate. So um, I think it was going to end up for me at that point anyway, mm, considering fair. he didn't have anything left to get his grand strategy either. So I think I got that first one there. That was my list. I have uh, two frigates, a bunch of bubble boys, a bunch of heroes, three artifacts, lots of fun. But I think we'll talk about that closer to Nashcon. And yeah, then the other one. Just, yeah, we'll do uh, a full NashCon prep show to talk about. I will get Matt on. We'll do all KO chat, talking about our list, our display boards, however, however much detail we want to get to. Oh, we'll review the contract, too, while we're there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Might have to make some uh, adjustments to that, too, but uh, I'll talk to that. Yeah, uh, mess with later, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, so second game uh, was the game I have a um, an Ironclad and then a bunch of gun haulers. And a bunch of dudes in the ironclads. It's kind of like a clown car list, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he had a Lariel and an Incarnate. And uh, this what? time I. I, I yeah. Good thing yeah. Battle Lines 90 points in that freaking army. Jeez. Uh, yeah, he had like uh, three sets of five of the Revenants. Revenants, or whatever yeah. Yep, yep. Bouncing um, around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just went to go get objectives and everything. But uh, he, he took turn one. Uh, we both had a one drop. He took turn one, ran Alario up the board, was able to kill a single gun hauler, and uh, then had her in range of for me to just move my boats over top of her, drop all sorts of bombs, charge <laughs> in with an ironclad with the battering ram. Um, we shot uh, we shot the um, the incarnate and did five wounds against it. And if you know how incarnate works, um, it's a little bit like croak. You roll three dice, and as long as you don't roll under. I believe it's under the amount of wounds that was done. Um, it's good. It uh, doesn't take any damage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yep. he rolled a triple three. Oh. Um, so, so, he, so he went down to uh, the, the lowest level, and uh, then Ouch. I won the roll off. I'd have charged in. I'd have wrecked Alarial. Alarial was already wrecked at that point. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, the Incarnate would have went bye-bye too. And so there went uh, about, oh, God, what was it, 1,300 points of his army? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that type of list is going to put hair in your chest, but uh, maybe out due to stress, it's going to be white hair real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, watch out for, he's got that, um, who's the lady with the big flute? Um, in oh, Silver? the, uh, um, that was a male, but it, yeah, it's the one from Broken Realms. Uh, I just cool model. Yeah, it's um anyway, that one yeah. watch out for because if that hits one of your boats, <laughs> especially if they use a primal dice, so he could potentially be rolling um 3d6, maybe more, maybe 4d6 and um on five pluses, so it's let's let's say he rolls a 15. So he rolls a 15 dice, five pluses are mortal wounds on and he does that on every single unit within like 9 inches. Yeah. Of a spot. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like one boat <laughs> and something like that happens, it's not good. Oh, if so, anyone uh, decides to bring on a whim that blizzard spell from the GHB, 
Yeah. Like, it's oh, just, yeah. it's a dead boat for a turn for us because they're gonna throw all their primal dice and just be like, uh, ah. not me, Seb. I, I've got an artifact that says no no to that. I got oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Orb, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta bring that. Um, uh huh. Got to. Nice. No, that's fun. Congrats on the wins. That's always good. Yep. So nice. I thought I'd have uh, two entries into the book of grudges. Turns out I didn't have any. Is your book still empty? You have no, I have one entry, and that's okay. uh, so three games, one entry, and that's Dave Roke. Oh, really burns my ass. Who's over we'll... in England right now enjoying Warhammer World? Yeah, takes, he was. His, takes his that's win more. and runs. Look at that. Look at that. Uh huh. Uh huh. But some, that's my hobby. That's some good hobby. Uh, let's yeah. see. My hobby. Um, I got a game in of Warhammer Fantasy at the barn night. Tomb Kings versus Tomb Kings. We did Setra versus I. I. I'm not a big Setra's cool, but Mark, who also painted my army and got it for me, he loves mm-hmm. chariots and horses. So I'm like, you take Setra, you Setra leads your force. You do you do the chariot army. So I got mm-hmm. um, Queen Chaldea, but I also kit bashed up an Archon for one specific reason. One because they actually didn't make an Archon the black model. I didn't realize because I didn't play two games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just grabbed the new Archon and kitbashed him to be on foot. It looks pretty cool. But well, because I, I was I was really thrilled. His cape is a nightmare to rank up with everything, but I'll figure that out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Archon follows Nagash, and he's kind of the opposite of Cetra, so I went with Archon so we could have a civil war. So we finally decided to have our first civil war battle. 1750 points. And Mark brought all his chariots and Cetra. Sight to behold. And I brought pretty much my standard list. It, 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 there's some deviation I can do here and there, but you know, has some archers, has some tomb guard, um, has some heavy cavalry, has some scout. You know, just has a little bit of everything. And I'm relying on magic. He's relying on charging. So we're going back and forth. I'm trying to cast spells. I managed to take what's the level six spell of for Archon, is which is death, which is the circle. Uh, no, it's, it's a purple sun. I think it's purple sun. Yeah, it's purple sun. Uh, and I kept managing to roll the miscast on how far it went and centering mm. it back on myself and kept hurting myself. Thankfully, <laughs> you know, I, I'm somehow my unit's still surviving this because it's initiative test or slain. I'm so it's, oh, okay. We're getting through this. Mm. And then I finally get the big one off. I'm like, screw it. Six dice. Let's go get it off. Have the very, um, benign miscast issue going on whereas his wizard managed to get the worst miscast and lost all his wizard levels down to one had had a spell to give him the five up ward only um but needless to say near we're at the end of the game i have archon and like four tomb guard uh, like all my stuff is just dead and then there's cetra and about eight chariots <laughs> like just just staring like they charged in get get it but here's the best part the purple sun is sitting right behind the end of his chariot. So, like, here's his chariot. Sorry if you're listening to this. I'm doing visual. We'll use... We'll use... So, here's Archon and, and, and the line of Tomb Guard. Here's all the chariots. Here's some extra stuff of his around here because I redirected it. Mm-hmm. And right in the center here, purple sun. He says, nah, I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm throwing all my dice to get this ward off. No big deal. What happens to Purple Sun? It moves literally three inches directly this way. But you know what that <laughs> means? goes over everything until it pops out to a place where it's not landing on anything. So it hit his entire Cetra line and my Arcan line. 
so we take all of our tests and we have to and there's no you know and we just lost everything literally everything we lost Cetra, we lost archon we lost all the unit and mm -hmm. we just went huh he still had models left i really didn't have anything after that so it's like okay so he won the battle but the civil war is not over because Cetra and archon didn't actually get the fight in combat once <laughs> there was no conflict they just stood at each other and the purple sun destroyed them all and that was the end of the game that's a, well, they're dead anyway, so what can the Purple Sun really do? They'll come so, back, they'll come back. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll continue that fun little uh, civil war over time here and there. Nice. Uh, so then this past weekend we did a, a food drive for the local food bank for Warhammer 40k. Local shop gave some prize support. And what it was, it's an idea stolen from one of my friends in Florida, Cody Saltz. And essentially... It, it's playing beer hammer, but you're using the food that you're using to donate to the food bank. So beer hammer, start with a blank table. You drink a beer, finish a drink, whatever it is. He could put that cup or can or glass or whatever it is down at any time, as soon as it's done. So you can block charges and be like shenanigans. It's all about for fun and randomness. We did the same thing, but you could use the donations. So the cans and the cereals and the cleaning stuff, all the stuff for the food bank that they needed. And But once you donated it, you couldn't it was after the game it was moved to the donation table so you had to bring enough to last all the games so encouraged people to bring a bunch of stuff and as you donate sure. stuff you got tickets for the random prizes but we had this huge huge like you know the four by six table just completely full of like lots of stuff hopefully hopefully it's a a large amount for the food bank <laughs> yeah. so, you know i don't i don't know how much they actually like like yeah, they, it must, might be might be a pittance, but it's it's good to do something fun uh, and help out for a good cause. So that was good. I got to play two games with my Yanari. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm still undefeated in tenth edition with my Yanari because it's Age Sigmar <laughs> 2.0 and the Eldari are broken. So let's have fun. <laughs> I think was, that looked yeah. really cool. I I enjoyed looking at the pictures and everything from the event. And, I mean, you know, honestly, the uh, the can the foods did a pretty good job of uh you know standing terrain so hey, yeah what the and hell? as a to let me tell you it's great to not have to lug terrain up and down stairs you just put the mats out and be like my job here is done let's play some games yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh but much much to the usual uh people still never read the pack which was just a post of what we were doing so i had to explain it seven times yay mm -hmm. warhammer people yay they can't yeah. read um <clears throat> and then Actually, this past Sunday, I went over to Alex. He wanted to get practice in for NashCon. He's going to NashCon. Uh, so you'd think I'd take my KO over, but he wanted to play a list that could actually do something. My KO list, which thankfully I've put it together now with the help of you and Matt, mm -hmm. can, can earn some points. <laughs> the list I wanted to take could not earn points. So I looked at oh. it, and I, I didn't have time to figure it out, so I just took Daughter's Cane, like a... Drake Giganath. I didn't even take any shooting. It was actually not the best list I could have taken, but it was just a typical list for me. But we had a good game. He he wanted to get reps in. I was like, this is probably better for you anyway, because you'll probably end up facing someone who's playing a real army, unlike me, mm. <laughs> who's playing my random KOPS. Yeah. But we played that game and I won. And I was it, 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 what helped the most is the fact that every single time for three turns, when he went the roll to bring something back, he failed. With that little loon shrine thing, that definitely was in my favor. Mm -hmm. um, my 
cauldron surviving uh at just an astronomical amount of attacks but surviving with one wound and completely holding up some of his big stuff was hurting him as well so a lot of things in my favor for it but you know he got some good practice he started tweaking his list a little bit and i got um got a nice dock game in and I, I took the win so i was pretty happy with that but mm -hmm. like i said now i'm gonna keep the real focus now with ko i gotta get some reps in i'll be comfortable with it i'm i'm, I'm true well i want to win i don't want to beat you and matt i don't care if i lose to everybody else as long as i beat you two <laughs> <laughs> so i, I guarantee to... one of us will play the other one in this oh, event we're... it's not possible that yeah, that won't happen i know so. it's guaranteed but uh <laughs> Also, I, I hope it doesn't, honestly, because it's a better, it'd be better for our little competition that it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, somebody's got to win. And that one somebody may get the one win of the tournament. It, yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, oh. it was after like working on my KO list, and we'll talk about this more than actually, I really wanted to bring the um, new regiment of renown, the dwarfs, because I'm yeah. Beric Thrang, and that's what I like. It's just yeah. the, with the points on it. And the models I have just does not work, so I had to drop them out. Uh, mm -hmm. I do think I have a, I think I have a list that can put up a small fight for a little bit. I, I feel more comfortable with it after you guys help me. Yeah. Um, boy, was it hard? I wanted to, I wanted to bring what I want to bring, but it's just like the points just made it no sense with it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll figure out a Gotrek list. But like I said we'll talk about that for Nashcon prep show. Uh, but sure. I did start planning out a display board. It's not going to be as elaborate as Matt's. Um, nor as uh, well furnished as yours. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I need to have a display board. I want to have something on display. So I I have a board I did for my Horse Heresy army for Armies on Parade, which was really basic and very simple. But it's mostly white because I did like a snow moonscape base. And that's... And I realized it's the perfect base that as long as... And I don't care about it. I don't play Horse Heresy because no one else around here plays it. So I don't need a display board for it. But I realized I could take the sepia wash right over top of it, then dry brush the copper and put up the oxide spots, and it's going to be exactly like my basing for my KO anyway. So I'm like, mm -hmm. boom, there's a good quick start. I uh, have that started. Um, I, I got like half the sepia on it, and now I got to do the rest. But um, Then I got to figure out some sort of buildings, which I might be able to borrow some from the barn, or I might be able to go up to this shop and see if norm, norm the, the flgs has some like breweries or something like i'm not gonna go crazy with it but i want to have something to carry the army around on and a nice display um yeah. if i can get crazy i will uh so i'm going to <laughs> so my display board's gonna be secret for one of two reasons one because i'm ashamed of it because it's basic bitch or two because i managed to pull off a miracle and do something really cool and elaborate and i don't want to show you guys till the till the day of so we'll see we'll see so it, mine's gonna be a bit of a surprise but brad's got some breweries and stuff doesn't he he does i hmm you're right i'm gonna bug him i'm gonna bug him see if he has anything there you go there especially, you go especially if it's unpainted he'll be like hey brad you let me borrow that i'll paint it up for you nice <laughs> nice <laughs> no that's a that's a good call yeah it yeah. all right but anyway my display board will be a, a a surprise but um i mean my army list won't but still regardless uh that prep will begin now unless and Listen, I, I, and truth be told, I just want to get comfortable enough with the KO army that I can play mm -hmm. a game and not be in going, what do I do? So yeah. I'm playing KO unless I'm playing somebody and they specifically said, Chuck, can you can you play this army because I want to practice against it? Because since I'm not trying to win this event, I don't mind 
doing that to help someone else to make them better. That's fine. Yeah. Although I would. Speaking the, of, like, I'll say, um, say, real quick, the one one commitment I will say is I've already committed. Uh, Alex is doing a prep day on mm -hmm. the fifth. I already said I'm taking KO for that because that's gonna be like my, my hardest prep day. Mm -hmm. So let's so if anyone anyone that I know is listening to me is like, hey, why don't you bring this to to Alex? It's like, no, I'm bringing KO because I got I got to I'm committing to that because I want to get tournament focused with that army. So, and is Alex bringing gits? <clears throat> yes, he is going to be doing the gloom spike gits. Nice. Well, God, he's, God love him. That's he's uh, paying up a lot right now. It's it's that's it's, a lot of uh, it's a lot of models to move around, and uh, I know he's got the back for it, so it'll yep. be fine. Yep. <clears throat> but I, I I wonder if he has the speed for it. So. Actually, that was uh, the interesting part because he used to play cities with his um, <laughs> halfling army, and it's it's like constant, like so much that even I made fun of him. Like he's like this, 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 this. I'm like Alex, I don't care. You just tell me what you do. I trust you. But he's like, yeah, having, yeah. he's like, he's like, I need to do it to keep track of everything. Yeah. He was we were turned two and it gets, and he was doing that, and he's just like, God damn it, it's just the same as cities. It's the same as cities. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Yep, you have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be playing as many of these practice games as I can. I'll hopefully get a bunch in against uh, Matt, and we'll just kind of bang our heads together and, uh, you know, a little mirror match here, there, wherever. That should be an interesting thing, too, is to play the KO mirror match. That is not a thing I've done, so. I mean, for me, I, my, I, I, I've looked at my one list, and I said my second list is going to be a Gotrek list. And it's really, if I bring Gotrek, I'm just hammering in as hard as possible and try to get get the boats out to shoot later but like i'll i play double frigates so that's what i'll do yeah it's the more standard list that i'll play where it's how do i want to position these boats how do i want to focus my shooting like mm -hmm. right now it's very basic as in okay yeah. but shoot this with everything till it's dead shoot this everything till it's dead and hopefully i like i'm not super stressed but also it's like the nuance is going to start catching me and that's why i need to get some games in here soon to catch those yeah nuances. you gotta what i found is like like at first I was like bombing things in and being like, okay, well, I'm going to need all of this to kill this. And then I find out that that's not the case. That's well and dead already. Okay. So <laughs> I just, uh, I just did some overkill here and that was too much or, you know, it's just, or the thing is like, okay, I got to split this and split this. And like, how much should I put here to take care of it? How much should I put here? And so that's really where you need the experience of, unless you can do math a whole lot better than me, which I cannot. <laughs> so um, I, I just have to learn kind of by experience, like what's it going to do over game to game to game to game. So Yeah, we have to flow down. It'll, it'll be good. And like I said, it's I, I'm the, as it gets closer, I'm looking forward to it. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be exciting. Just the KO shenanigans that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Oh, and then I'm printing up some random 3D uh, prints that I had for a while of just random things. But I'm like my wife's computer desk, my computer desk. I've been painting that up the past two nights mm -hmm. i'll have that done soon uh but and then i'm gonna start planning out what my uh first old world models will be like mm -hmm. actually I, and this is gonna be weird part of me because i don't have a project right now there's nothing exciting coming out that i can see for any other game system i might be doing a fresh army and just slow grow it Ooh. we'll see do you need a tech list for that army mm-hmm I, I think I do. I think I do. But I want to do actually. I want to do something different with that. But okay. Regardless, I do want one of those techless solves that you have. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I keep looking at it. I got to paint it up. <laughs> but that's a that's a good segue into our main topic of the night, mm -hmm. which is old world. Neil, do you know we're old and we live in a world? 
Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the world. I can't wait to continue uh, living in this old world. So. <laughs> I know. I'm looking forward to it as well. They just put out... Uh, here, I'll bring it up on the screen now. Hopefully I didn't screw it up too much. Yeah, it's there. Oh, wait. This is... Yep. We're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. So... Sorry, you can't see our pretty faces anymore, everybody. Mm. But uh, the latest article, the Old World Development Diary, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So this got you a little jazzed up. They all got me a little excited, too. Although, there's one thing about it that I'm not excited for, but I understand. But give me your thoughts. Give me your overview of, of this article. What it made you feel? What it made you think through? Uh, well, it actually it excited me because we, we got our first look at... Um some new rules right so like maybe how how the game's going to play out a little bit just a little bit just a little little step a little taste a little uh, little appetizer give, give us an idea of the out. rules yeah like what can we so, so they've talked a little bit about frontage yep. they talked a little bit about um you know whether units are going to break from combat and be destroyed um it's looking like there's going to be a little bit more push pull mm -hmm. um and then they talked about magic and i know this might be the thing that you're less than excited about and it's the thing that i'm most excited about right yep yep well let's let's so neil do you have it up uh with you to, to follow along? i do okay i do we'll mm -hmm. just go let's go we'll go down through it like i said it and you nailed it spot on uh there's like the frontage thing was very neat i do like the push pull thing that they're doing i a lot better than i think what currently exists in eighth edition which is what we primarily play uh mm -hmm. and the magic thing yeah i but i see the magic thing because i see how it works in 40k 10th edition where it's being used at the appropriate time as opposed to doing it all at once and trying to remember like i get i get it and i don't hate it but i like the wild crazy magic it's so fun rolling six dice and like and it, it's terrible it's absolutely terrible but like since we're not playing eighth edition competitively in a tournament setting mm -hmm. then it's fun but i i completely get it so uh while i'm bummed about it i can always play eighth edition if i want to and do six dice right. magic sure Anyway, let's, oh, and the reason, too, I want to bring this article up on the screen here for everybody as we look through it. I think these pictures are actually giving away a lot more information that has not been said in the article. Mm -hmm. We'll work through that as we can. So first up, we will read through this, everybody, so just tuck in. So let's see. When we embarked upon the daunting task of designing Warhammer the Old World, we wanted to create a modern game in the mold of Warhammer Fantasy Battle imagining of a classic tabletop war game that would appeal to both veterans of the old world and newcomers to the most venerable of the fantasy realms alike. With this in mind, we set about playing lots of games. That sounds great, and mm -hmm. we get this nice, glorious, glorious picture of dwarves defending their hold from the uh, might and true high elves. Mm -hmm. Now, it's nice seeing all the old sculpts here. I, you know, the dwarves look good on the new base sizes. So do the high elves you can see in the corner down here with the uh, archers. Yeah, and you're looking at a lot of, um, uh, like, a lot of wide frontage here. Yeah, and it's well. a lot of different. So we have, let's see, the slayers are in five. So are the iron breakers. But then you have the archers, obviously, and there's classic ten. Um, and then the uh, just warriors in nine. So, like... You know, because as they're about to find out that there's some nuance to that, but two things in this picture stood out to me immediately. 
and you'll see that in other aspect other pictures that we go through first and foremost all the war machines have bases now yep every single one and yep i was just looking at that myself yep except except i don't know if you count the anvil i would the anvil does, there does not have a base it does count as a war machine technically in eighth edition it does not have a base uh i'm that might just be one of those things that's just like this is fine type thing mm -hmm. But I am curious how the base is going to play out. Is there going to be, like, are War Machines still going to be able to pivot like they used to be able to? Or are you going to position them a little bit better in order to fire them correctly? Like, they're not going to be able to move, so you have to be within this, you know, the, maybe the arcs are going to come back with, with specifics on the War Machine. That would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Secondly, and this could obviously just be a design choice, or the photographs, because, I mean, you have to take that into consideration for all of this. Like, the, the bases on War Machines are pretty hard and fast. This is a change. We're going to have to do it. But this other thing that I'm going to point out, no one's mentioned. It seems odd, but I think it seems intentional. None of those heroes are in a uh -huh. single unit. I was wondering if you are going to say that. Yep. No They're all I, out. Every single picture we're going to view from here on out has them all out. I don't know what yeah. that means as far as rules. I don't know. My is your it's it's more of a marketing thing because if you haven't seen these models before you may not know what is what is right. what which is right? very true yeah but but and but, you can play them this way at least in the old games old versions can. as well it's terrible to do but you can't yeah <laughs> so yeah i i wonder if that's that's going to be accurate but um i mean if you look over to the far right there you even got that one slayer kind of off to the side apparently he's got to be like your dragon or, or dragon demon or slayer, right yeah. yep so now, he's out there now um, what this and I, i'm i'm gonna read into this guys because like this is fun for me and i'm enjoying it so mm -hmm. the one thing that stands out to make me think that we're going to have a rule set that doesn't require our heroes and lords to be in a unit to be able to help them mm -hmm. look at that banner bear and look at that warden or maybe that's yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a that's a warden king, I think. Unless it's a rune lord. Mm -hmm. And then look at the uh, thane to the left. That's mm -hmm. a that's a. If I was putting this down, and I was trying to make this look pretty. One, there be there's all that green space behind them, right in front of the warriors. Why wouldn't mm -hmm. you just space them out a little bit better there to make it look more like the banners following behind, like the two leaders, uh, or and then even just like okay, they're obviously on the same line as these other two as far as like a frontage but why are they why is he closer to one and not the other it like, uh, does it just, look like maybe they're attached to that unit over there that, kind of in some way that's thoughts that's that's just mm -hmm. some yeah like i but like just the the intentional spacing seems yeah. like there's a reason that they're they're not gonna be out there as opposed to just pure marketing and I if could, i could jump in there and just just say what i would love to see I hope that this is the case. Like I don't personally love um, the heroes joining a unit. I like my unit to be my unit and I like to have my hero next to him just like this. I think it just looks cooler. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of just sticking the hero. Cause you kind of lose the hero in the unit, yeah, especially in fantasy. Plus you know? also like, like, I mean, some of the heroes don't fit well because there's some tight, I mean, we got bigger bases now, so it's probably easier, but yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's also, then you get to the issue. Okay. You're in combat with this unit. I mean, clearly heroes can push through, but then you do the duels and the challenges and you're just like, well, do we take the models to the side? Do we replace them? It's, it can be a mess. Right. 
Yeah, I'd love to see that. Because I, I would too. Uh, one thing that I, one thing that I, and I don't know if I've we touched on this in a prior episode or whatever when we were talking about what we like and what we don't like about Eighth Edition and all that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a huge fan of the current rules or the Eighth Edition rules anyway for uh, challenging. That is the current rules. Well, I, we don't play Ninth Edition or WAP because I don't want right. to say the word WAP more than I have to. And yeah, yeah, Ninth Edition burned us because we're Sigmar people. So really hope, hoping <laughs> that I don't say it anymore. Um, if you like that thing, God bless you. Yeah, wasn't nice. um, but. <laughs> but um i don't know i just like the idea of maybe moving my hero into base contact outside of a unit and that to me looks cooler you know than mm-hmm. uh than just like two two huge units smashed together and then i have to what i have to pull them out to the side right and, and also thinking when we're going to get to the aspect in the future part of this article where they talk about not about giving ground as opposed to breaking Mm-hmm. it's nice that you're not just losing a hero out of nowhere because you rolled dice poorly. Right. So but please continue your thought. Yeah, no, I, I love that. But no, that's pretty much it. I just, I just really like them floating around. I like the, I mean, it gives me the thought of like, maybe they're doing kind of like a Sigmar kind of, you know, bubbles. If you're within this range, then can't be you know, shot or you can look out. Uh, yeah. Sure. It's some kind of, boost you know they're talking about the wizards you're having a place well i guess we're going to get there we'll get there yeah um, so i'll hold off i'll hold off on this this thought until, until yeah we we'll, we'll, we'll have a full wrap-up discussion we're bringing this all together mm-hmm. but let's, yeah let's continue yeah. to the article uh finish <clears> up this for several months designers regularly assembled play games of every edition of warhammer fantasy battle reminding ourselves of the rules in some cases we haven't played in for decades and to be fair that's going to be a lengthy process because i remember whenever we were getting back into eighth and I was dragging you all with me. I had to sit mm-hmm. and read the eighth edition rule book for an entire day just to get mm-hmm. it back in my head. And even still, it's like, whoa, hold on. I need to look this up. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. Right, we wanted to identify which parts of the classic game we enjoyed the most and which parts felt could be improved upon. Here's some tweaks, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's get going. Drawing the battle lines. Warhammer, the old world game of mass combat. Happy already. I'm happy already. I like big armies on big armies. Yeah. Large Can I say too, just yes. to this point, as cool as I think that Caradron Overlord's army is over there, I was looking at it the other day after having read this article, right? And it's hilarious to me in a way. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about old fantasy like armies yep. that look like armies. That does not look like an army. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. Uh, it looks very AOS is what it looks. And that is not a bad thing whatsoever. It is just not um, something that you'd see in like a big full out battle. Right. So um, and I think uh, if if there is a weakness of Age of Sigmar, in my mind, it's it's that you don't get the big battle feel that well, you do. Like, it's very you do army, in, it's very army dependent. Even with um, even with you know the the sixty zombies and everything, it just doesn't. It still doesn't feel like. Well, it feels different. Whenever I, 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 whenever I, I played, that, yeah. yeah, whenever I played fantasy, I was able to extrapolate what I was looking on the board. You know, there's sixty guys here, there's thirty guys here, there's whatever. But I could extrapolate that and okay, right. let's just times that by like three, and that's what the actual battle is. Times it by ten, whatever. Now you got thousands. Like it, it I could I could picture that just kind of back up the the picture and okay well let's say there's not 40 here there's 400 right but uh i can't do that with aos as much and that's that's okay it's a very very small critique that i have of it um but uh at least 
uh, Old World and Eighth Edition and everything are here for me to scratch that itch. So right, I I don't have that problem with the main army I play and just how I usually play armies. And thirty thirty Arcanaut company because uh, I'm stupid. Um, um, but but I could see that with some armies having that issue. And and but all that said is I am so happy that we now live in a world where we're gonna have the old world and Sigmar because. 8th edition is fun, but I'm looking forward to what changes they do, but they're so different and they scratch so many different itches, just like 40k and it's just like, I'm so happy that we have all of these. Like, mm-hmm. it's, we are in yeah. a great timeline for Warhammer, let's say that. Oh, 100%. Yep. Alright, so, drawing the battle lines. Large armies formed into regimented units that advance with grim intent towards the foe. Rules encourage players to field units of varying size based upon their type and role. Perhaps most importantly, the formation units adopt how wide or how deep they are are just as significant as where they are deployed as where they are deployed and how quickly they advance the rules encourage units with wide frontages but the ideal number of models per rank is decided by the player not enforced by the rules so let's put a pause there so i think mm-hmm. we're going to see going away with horde formation you think you think we are or we aren't i think we are i think because if they're if they're they don't because Horde Formation really pushed Death Stars. Because you have the unit of 10, you get the extra ranks of attack, you can put a he- couple heroes in there, they're going to be safe for a long time. I th- And I, I think one of the things they definitely don't want to have pop up in this game, at least early, would be the Death Stars coming back. Yeah, but they say perhaps most of the formation the units adopt, how wide or how deep they are. So it sounds like having wide is good. It also sounds like having deep could potentially be good. Mm-hmm. So to me, that kind of leads itself to Death Stars, right? You want a big, wide, deep unit. Sure. I mean, that's that's a good part too. But then, then, then again, maybe because if the heroes are separated out like we see in the pictures and that's part of the rule set, that could also mm-hmm. get rid of the Death Star, quote-unquote, or you're just yeah. removing something like the extra rank for a horde, but giving it to something else, possibly. But just, yeah. just thoughts. Uh, to continue... Let's see. To do this, we've ensured that as many models as possible can fight in combat. Given okay, never mind. Given giving even those models that are within the fighting rank, but not in base contact with the enemy, the opportunity to bring their weapons to bear. So, wonder what that means, as far as like, right? So, limited that's attacks. That's like to me, or is, you does either, everybody attack no matter what? I think that sounds like you've got unlimited. Like, so if you've got ten in a in a in a block, and you run into a block that's five wide, your ten guys are fighting. That's what to me it sounds like you're just automatically those 10 guys are fighting or they're going to go back to, which I hope they don't do this because it just gets wacky and slows the game down. But back in like, it was either 5th or 6th edition. And I remember I was, I was talking to you about this because I was getting confused in the old editions. You used to be able, when you won combat, you would take two guys, well, I guess four guys mm-hmm. from the back rank if you could, and you would pile them in kind of. They would... They would start to wrap around the other unit. Oh, I as see. You, as you won, um, that that goes way back. Um, but they are looking so at the rule set. So that's, doing... that's on the table. Yeah, I I just don't love that because you're you're having to take stuff off of trays and then put it back on trays, and then just the battle lines get all kind of, you right. know. So hopefully, what it means is they're just trying to do the simple thing, which is everybody gets to attack, move on. So that's what I'm hoping. Let's let's hope, yeah. And that, that would make it easier to like take a little bit of modern uh, rule sets into this classic game to make things a little bit easier. And I don't mind if everything can attack because 
if you adjust the rules accordingly, it's perfectly mm -hmm. fine. Yep. Finish off this seg section. Combined with the freedom to create and arm characters as you choose from a wide range of options, players have a lot of strategic choices to make when building their units and writing their muster lists. Choices that will, in turn, inform their tactics on the battlefield. I don't think anyone thought that we weren't going to have the ability to really get gritty with our characters. Like, magic items are probably... Like, this is this is a stre stretch to assume, but I bet magic items are back, magic armor, magic weapons, obviously the army-specific things. Do you take a shield? Do you not take a shield? I bet all that is back, and that is great because i love doing that like building a character and then buying the model and then making the character exactly that way it was a big thing for me perfect world we even get abilities too that are pointed out Ooh, yes. amazing that's that's a huge wish list kind of thing but then you could really really make it just more than just the items now you're making a guy real real unique so yep and like i said looking at this picture again all the heroes are out and about so we can hope. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's anything else exciting in this picture. Uh, really, I mean, the old scenery is great to see. I hope they re-release that. Oh, there's more war machines in the back uh, with um, on the orc side with uh, bases on them. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Breaking the enemy. One thing we are keen for Warhammer: The Old World. Why isn't the capitalized? That's gonna bother me. Oh, damn it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, to represent was the push and pull of battle, capturing the way in which a hard-pressed army will gradually succumb to the fatigue and attrition. To achieve this, units that lose a round of combat will often give ground reluctantly rather than immediately breaking and fleeing, while the winner can advance to press their advantage. So there we go. That's going to so be a change from 8th edition that we are used to. To me, that sounds like a little bit of battle shock. To me, that sounds like if I win combat, great. I get to push you back, and you probably lose some additional guys to whatever it's there's so the attrition mm -hmm. to me sounds like you're losing some guys out of there um but it's not going to be a wholesale break and just pick up the plate and it's gone so yeah that, that which to be fair and the worst part was always rallying yeah <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's yeah, not, that's, it's not <laughs> fun yeah i hate that yeah so yeah and and that and it, it does sound like you could break eventually like it didn't say like it said you'd have the attrition before they break. So maybe breaking still happens, but it's not going to be a immediate guarantee. Oh, you decided to roll very poorly in this spot. You didn't put your BSB close enough to do a reroll. So therefore you're fleeing. Oh, you rolled a three. looks like I rolled a seven. I, I kill your huge unit. Yeah. And now this, now we're going to spend the next hour and a half of this game wasting our time. Cause we know the outcome because I killed your important unit. Yeah. I would love for a break to be just like, okay, it's break. It, they've broken now. Pull the plate, your guys stay. There's no overrun. There's no any of this kind of stuff. It's you're stuck right there. You've won that combat. They spent the entire time hacking down the rest of the guys. All right. Move I wouldn't on. I wouldn't mind a break to happen because I think that does make some interesting maneuvers. And it could there's a there's a lot of play in breaking and doing all that sort of stuff. So I hope it's still there, but I hope it's not as just determinant on like a single dice roll, more or less. So I want it to be there, but I, I like the push and pull concept that they're kind of teasing here a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, now, in this picture here, one thing I really like about this is it's showing units that aren't full. So we don't have full ranks. We have an extra guys in the back of a couple units, even ones in combat and out of combat, which to me says we're going to be paying points per model 
just like we used to in fantasy. That's what I'm reading for this. Or they could be showing units that have taken some casualties. Possibly, and... but it's they haven't done that in any other pictures except for this one. Mm-hmm. And it, they're and then this one they're specifically showing models in combat like that and models out of combat like that, which make, leads me to believe that the implication is we are paying per model again. Which I want. I do want that. I I enjoy that crunchy list building for this yeah, style game. Flank charges in there on that uh, on the very far right. You can see a little flank charge of those Knights Panther. Looks like mm-hmm. what they are. Um, it looks like it. There's a nice mm-hmm. little potential auxiliary unit attached to that one field unit, just like it used to be in Eighth Edition, which I can mm-hmm. see being a thing still. Yeah, we got a hero off to the side. Artillery in the back on base. We got the old watchtower standing back there. We got the original mighty mighty castle. Mighty fortress. That's it. Yeah, it looks great at the back of the board there. It does. It I love does. that. Mm-hmm. And the old hill. That cla- uh, I need to get classic hills. hills. It's a classic hill. I love it. <laughs> right. Players will learn will quickly learn, however, that a cunning enemy will use this push and pull of battling units to lay traps and an advancing unit runs risk of exposing a vulnerable flank to a well-timed countercharge. So, yeah. I mean, and in that sense alone, all it's saying is, hey, movement's still a big part of this game, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You have to worry about this stuff, which is, we everyone expected, but it's nice to get that little, little confirmation. All right, now... Now the, the meat and bones. Let's get the meat and potatoes. I thought we were through that. We're, we're sitting on dessert now, I thought. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the power of magic. Magic is integral to the game, though the mechanics of it, its use are simple. The untutored wizards of the old world practice strange lores of magic of their own devising, manipulating the winds of magic and crafting spells that suit their purpose. While such reckless recklessness might alarm some, it gives wizards freedom to cast a wide range of spells with ease. So we're going to pause Just, right there. Let me, yeah, let me jump in there. First of all, old world's, old world practice uh, strange lores of magic, manipulating, where, where is it, uh, the untutored wizards of the old world. Okay, now hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> now, if we're talking high elves here, there, there's no untutoring going on here. Now, I know they're not technically in the old world, so I'm going to let this slide. All right, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like that slide against my high elf wizards. Untutored, please. <laughs> so what's interesting, though, is the way this sounds. So lore of magic, their own devising, manipulated winds of magic, crafting spells that suit their purpose it's gonna be interesting because like one i love the magic in eighth edition i like rolling for my spells i like planning the bring enough wizard levels to bring all the spells i love that but this sounds like there might just be more options like you might just be like i'm this wizard's from this spell lore and he gets three of these spells or maybe it's just he knows these these spells and it's listed out or maybe even it on like his war scroll for lack of a better term maybe he just has spells on there now mm-hmm. or she that's fine um or i think what i think is going to happen is you get one spell this is complete guessing you get one spell for each level of the wizard right and that spell could go off in either the movement phase or the charge phase or uh combat or whatever well right? we're gonna get, should, I, should i read the next part real quick then the, yeah the let's do that okay yeah to reflect this, spellcasting has been liberated and spread throughout the different phases of the game, rather than restricted to just one. In doing so, we ensured that every spell available to a wizard can have a significant impact on the battle if, if cast in the right place and the right time. Mm. I'll just finish reading this section, we'll discuss that. 
Yep. Situations where a single spell can decide the outcome of battle are rare. Boo. <laughs> the focus Yay. has shifted from keeping track of dice pools. <laughs> Boo. Or hands of cards. Yay. Boo. Onto positioning <laughs> wizards. This means players will have to plan ahead, moving their wizards as carefully as any other unit. Pause. To me, that implies that's a separate from a unit. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as far as like the heroes go. If the wizards are moving that way, then maybe the heroes are as well. And if the wizards are having to be kept close in order to make, you know, something more efficient or, or go better, um, then maybe the heroes are doing that as well. So another another point in your favor, Chuck, to those, yep. Uh, yep. those guys being separate from units. So. I see. Uh, both to ensure they can bring their magic to the right place at the right time and to ensure they can counter the spells of enemy wizards. So, go back yeah, up to so the pretty picture. So I wonder whether now. it'll be like the wizard itself has one single spell or whether the wizard itself can cast one single spell. But let's say, um, let's say there's a spell for every one of the phases, right? Mm -hmm. And so your wizard has to be present you know, let's say your most important thing is for your wizard to be there in a combat phase to cast a combat spell, right? So if he's level one, you know, maybe he just gets that one chance. Now, level four might be able to affect the, the movement phase and this and that and the, the other, which will, you, you know, potentially make a level four more more valuable and more powerful. But a level one still still necessary and usable by being in the right place at the right time. So, yeah. I don't know. That, so, that's guesses for me. <laughs> sure. And like it, it could be something as simple as here's the eight winds of magic, but on the wizard's war scroll, based upon what wizard level they are, you can choose a number of these other spells that are just on their war scroll that can cast during these moments in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, or you can sacrifice them to do one of these other spells. Or, you know, this, this is very wide open. I know it's going to be a good change for competitiveness, but... I like what I like, which is big magic. I love the mechanic of the of the the magic pool system where you're trying to bait out the spells. I love that interplay between the the people so much. I, I mean, that's why I like Kraith. Like, I like that moment where I'm picking up a dice and be like, "Ooh, let me see if I get Kraith," and the opponent has to tense and you have to think yeah. about things. But like, I, I love the interplay between five them. plus and uh, but six dice always happens, right? That's fair. Like I said, I, yeah, I would, the percentages are way off. That's the problem. Right, but like that interplay where like, oh, I'm going to cast this spell that's useful, but not super useful to see if it's something that you think you have to stop or maybe you want to try and stop it as I try to play the game of baiting out and not losing concentration yeah. to get to my big spell at the right moment. I love that interplay with the opponent so much. That's what I'll miss most. Not the actual giant magic killing everybody, including myself. I'll miss that I interplay never, a little bit. I never hated that old magic. Um, like I, I don't hate it. I don't yeah. even dislike eighth edition magic. You know, I but I like I'm glad we have some change away from that. And if I want to play that, I can still just play eighth. A hundred percent. And I'm I this is gonna be the best thing probably for a competitive atmosphere. So good. And like I said I'm not gonna complain about it. It's just I'm gonna I'm going to like what I like. All right. Final yes, thoughts. <laughs> These exciting game mechanics and many more besides combine classic elements of a beloved game give players both old and new plenty to consider when planning their armies and mastering their tactics. Please don't give me battle tactics in this game. I will throw a fucking hissy fit. All right, no, anyway. there's no, there's no. I know. Yeah, there's there's no <laughs> it's an exciting time and we're looking forward to seeing the serried ranks of fantasy armies marching across the game tables once more. 
Oh, yes. Yes, we will. So we'll just leave. Uh, we'll bring up the first picture because it's big and it's cool. So we discuss here for a little bit. So, mm-hmm. Neil, you're jazzed now. You're excited. I Just... am. I'm actually. So when I was thinking about my armies and everything and playing eighth versus um, versus playing old world and what do I want to do? Do I want to rebase? Do I not want to rebase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I want to... Um, not rebase and put them in uh, movement trays that just kind of expanded out to the right sizes. Um, that way I can move back and forth between eighth and old world just yep. fine. Yep. But the question to me is if these characters can't rank up or don't go into the units, then those are going to get rebased for me. You know, I feel like I have to rebase them at that point to play old world with, right. Or actually have multiple of the model. Um, or maybe print, I keep or print out an individual tray just for that character. You could, I guess. I don't know if they. <laughs> that'd be interesting if you have one that just converts a twenty-five millimeter to a, a thirty-two or whatever, or a twenty with twenty-five rather is what it is. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so because um, originally I uh, I printed out a model and uh, you know that model that I showed you and I put it on. Um, I, I put it on a. 25 and i'm like ah i need it to be able to get into my movement trays though and i think i'm just going to make the expanders so i put it back onto a 20 still stands up which is good but uh you know less models to fall over you know that 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 might push me over the edge to the rebase (laughs) yeah i I look specifically at my dwarves my dwarf warriors are a nightmare on 20 mils on 25s they'd be great so Mm -hmm. but uh just to start like i said i think i'm going to do a fresh army just to flat fresh because i did the tirathi model and she's on the 25 and like yeah it looks good it's fine i love it i don't i don't i don't care i'll probably get the movement trays for some of my other armies just so i can play with them without having to rebase right away Mm -hmm. but also i think locally around here we're not going to stress about rebasing but i do want to have an army based appropriately in case i ever go to a tournament so yeah but yeah, like I'm, I'm excited for some of these changes. I said the, the, I'm curious what the war machines with bases means. I'm real curious what this hero thing standing out means. I'm all, like, I, and I am dead certain that it's not just for marketing pictures. I think that they're showing this for a very obvious reason. Yeah, well, well, I think with some of that, what they're saying there too, with the wizards having to be moved around, yep. right? If that was the case and they were just in the unit, then who cares? Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, I I'm I'm you actually sold me on that the more we read into it. So plus also cool things like seeing I love command squads. I'm glad that we're probably gonna still have those and they'll probably have some sort of like mini mini interplay. Hopefully we could still upgrade units with some magic banners for like an army. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like uh, I'm I'm excited that I'm excited this looks to be just a modernized version of the game we love, mixed with old rules I never really got to experience. And yeah, we're gonna get some uh, get some old models back too that've been gone for a while. Like, I only have one lion chariot. I only have one of the uh, what's the what's the uh, the bird carrying the flying boat thing for high elves? Uh, the sky cutter. Yeah, I only have one of those. So zero of those. So. Get to get a few more of those. I, I have to pick up. And Neil, as much as I love it, I may if they resell if they resell it, I may buy an official Thorgrim Grudge Bear model. Oh, for sure. Like 100%. like the one that you gave me is great. And I love it. It's perfect. But if I can get the official one, 
I might oh, go, yeah. I might go for that. One the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want to eat the, I want to eat this one. I would I'd figure out something else for it, but <laughs> but we'll see. Like I'm I'm gonna focus on high elves first. That's that's what I'm gonna go for. Have you mm-hmm. you're you're gonna do high elves as well? Oh for sure. I think uh, there's a strong chance that at some point, um and I might wait until they kind of move past the Bretonians and Tomb Kings and everything, but I will more than likely do a um an orcs and goblins army. So Yeah, I I'll probably end up doing Dark Elves eventually. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest with myself, I will do that eventually just for fun. But I won't do Dark Elves and even though I you know I love them, I won't do them until they they get a little bit bigger of a role in the old world. Yeah, so I'll no. hold that off for a future hobby project. Sure, so. yeah, like I'm not, I'm not talking right away, but there is always the fun of like doing something different. Like I've never done an empire army. Yeah, I mean, I painted my stormcast I, like the the Reichsguard because I never got the chance to do an empire army. So like maybe this is a chance where I'll do an empire army eventually too. Pick one of the city states and have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask Absolutely. you. Let me ask you this little bonus here at the end as we wrap up. Have you decided? Which of the uh, ten kingdoms your high elf army is going to be from, or are you going to pull from everything like a king's guard? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I never actually thought about that. So I guess we'll. Um, I want to see how uh, when the book comes out, what they uh, what it has to offer me. Then maybe we'll play from there. Well, so, but maybe usually been from. I'll say may, maybe for a review, I can I can probably find a scanned copy of it too. But uh, I have the high elf heraldry book and uniforms that talks about each of the kingdoms as well as all of their gates like the dragon gate unicorn gate oh, yes. uh-huh. so we could get we could have a fun conversation and bore everybody that's not a half person for our show here that's, that's okay then they got to get it somewhere right you know we'll exactly. make high elf fans if we don't uh, have them so exactly exactly mm-hmm. to bring back the pretty faces so no i i this article yeah got me jazzed up too i can't wait to see more uh there was also a very interesting image. Let me see if I can get up here. I forgot to send it to you, Neil. Uh, where did I put it? Nope, I must have deleted it. Oh well. Uh, it was the uh, they're they're doing stamps in the UK. They're doing 40k, Age of Sigmar, and Old World. And it talked about Old World being very soon and just all this, the happy stuff. And also in the uh, <coughs> I some some. YouTube reported on this on the financial reports that they read are public. They talked about yeah. old world being very soon or something. Yeah, like, I, like, I, like, I just listened to that same thing today, actually on the way home from work. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, if GW is saying it's soon, then it's soon. So let's hope it's soon. We don't know when, but hopefully it's very soon. Right. But It'll... yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, but Neil, any closing thoughts before we head out? No, just, uh, you know, I've been kind of uh, a poo poo and stuff as, the uh, we've been doing preview shows and not be been giving the uh what i wanted this was exactly what i wanted mm-hmm. uh, more of this please on a weekly basis please um yeah <laughs> would, be, would be nice so um yeah good job gw yep this is good that's good I, I guess my closing statements is let's go let's go u.s soccer team go there we go so let's, yeah. let's let's see the uh Women do what the men can't and go win the World Cup. Let's beat the Dutch. Let's go beat the Dutch tonight. Yeah, we're recording Thursday. Nine, in a half hour, me and Neil are going to be having a beer watching watching the U.S. women's soccer team. 
FX. Crush the Dutch. Fox, Fox, I think, yeah. Yeah, we're just right. streamed online somewhere. Mm -hmm. Perfect, legally sourced, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Stay Stormcast strong. Happy hobbying.